Garage Guys NASCAR podcast is brought to you by Hooters. That's right. Hooters is for race day. Hooters is for garage guys. We all know this. And right now, if you download the Hooters app or go to order.hooters.com and use promo code garage guys, you're going to save $10 on any $30 or more to go order. That offer is valid at participating locations for delivery and carry out orders $30 or more. And use promo code garage guys while dining in just by telling your Hooters waitress about promo code garage guys to save you $10 on any $40 plus dine in order valid at HOA locations for food, non-alcoholic beverages and merchandise. Enjoy your Hooters and enjoy the garage guys NASCAR podcast. It's the garage guys NASCAR podcast. We are wrapping up everything from Las Vegas, put a bow on it. Kyle Larson. He's on his way to Phoenix for the championship four. Uh, will he get it done? We'll discuss. We'll talk a little bit about what happened at the South Point 400, uh, some, some driver news, and get you ready for this weekend at Homestead in Miami, the forever 400. Forever, the number four, forever 400. Kevin Harvick sponsored this race. Debatable, maybe. Dale, what do you think? Yeah, oh yeah, this is a cool weekend for the Kevin Harvick team, family. They got Budweiser on the car, iconic paint scheme back to 2014 when they clinched, won the championship here in that number four car. It was a Chevy then and is now a Ford. That's fine. We did this kind of stuff when Jeff Gordon had his, like the 24 ever stuff, the forever deal now is with Kevin Harvick and... um. It sucks that they're probably not going to win a race. I hope they win Phoenix. I think they could win Phoenix, but I'm glad they're doing some some honoring of the closer this weekend at, at Homestead, Miami. It's a really, really good-looking race car. You should check it out on Kevin Harvick's Twitter or Stuart Haas Racing's Twitter. You know, Stuart Haas Racing, I just got to say, they just not – I guess good strategy because the race cars have not been good uh, for the most most of the season. Let's deflect from that and just create awesome headlines through other cool things like paint schemes and Talladega Nights. You know, they've been on fire recently with this kind of stuff, and I love it. Yeah, no, they're definitely picking up. Uh, they're tuning into something. I'll say that. Maybe they're they're watching a, a little bit more uh, TikTok. Maybe they're uh, just getting in touch with their roots. Maybe it's just the great people in the building. Who knows? But I can't argue with you there at all. I am excited. I'm ready to see this uh, this paint scheme. Homestead is just one of those tracks. It was a championship racetrack for so long. So it carries a lot of just big win energy. And uh, it'll be uh, my first time visiting the track this weekend. Dale, this would be your second time, I believe. So we are very thrilled, very excited. Hooters is back on Chase Elliott's car. Uh, we'll be at some of the uh, the Hooters locations, one of the Hooters locations this weekend. I believe that is going to be in uh, South Florida. I believe the South Florida Hooters. So we'll keep you posted with all that stuff. Make sure that you're following us on Twitter, uh, on uh, Instagram, or on X, whatever you want to call it. And follow Hooters Racing. Great giveaway going on this weekend before we get there. But, uh, but j- just to kind of set things into motion, um, leaving off from talking about Kevin Harvick, we're going to be talking about some bets this weekend 
And uh, we, we've got lines pulled up for Caesars, Bet Rivers, DraftKings, Bet MGM. Still awaiting FanDuel at this time. But we're going to dive in and see what they have available for us and uh, see if we're going to make some early leans. Let's just kick this off with Vegas, though. Uh, the big story, Kyle Larson, the majority of people that bet their mortgages, uh, 401ks, IRAs, Roth IRAs, that's basically what you had to bet on Kyle Larson to to get excited about winning uh, a bet on that race because the odds were just juiced to the moon, straight fruit skins. There was no return from that. Uh, I think we did see some great racing, and ultimately this just puts him in a position where now I want to uh, to tinker around a little bit with some other options for the next two weeks as far as betting goes. But with Kyle, man, I mean, he's got he's got the shot. He's got the most laid-back place you can be in, and that's why winning at Vegas is so important. Um, were, were you shocked at all or surprised that Kyle Larson won this race? No, I was not. And in our Saturday night, Sunday morning podcast, I didn't get a lot right. Um, but there was one thing I said. I actually ended up after you, you – I think you had Ross Chastain outright. That was my savior because I was like, you know what? I think he is going to have a good card, and he did. And uh, I, I bet him for a top ten. Didn't think he would win, but he, I, I put a big lick on him to get a top ten. That was the only thing I really hit on Sunday. It was finally uh, an off betting day overall. But what I did say on that pod was, wait for an opportunity. There's going to be some some time where Kyle Larson makes a mistake, his pick crew makes a mistake, and then pull up the live betting odds as soon as that happens. And guess what happened? That did happen. Now, I didn't bet it because I'm stupid. So that's fine. Take that however you want. But I did pull up DraftKings Sportsbook right after he hit the wall, right after he he made that unbelievable save, which is like just so ridiculous to make in this car. Yeah, the wall helped him a little bit, but most... Most drivers are not saving that race car. But when he did hit the wall and he lost a few spots, he fell back to fourth or fifth, had a little bit of damage. I pulled up drafting Sportsbook, and he was 5-1 to one live. And that was about halfway through the race, a little over halfway, I, I think. So that was your opportunity right there because he After closed. After hitting a wall, 5-1. to one. You like somebody like, but that's uh, what they do with the yeah. that's what they do with like the top five though. Like most books, <sighs> your top five guys, they'll have like two to one, three to one, four to one, five to one, you know, something like that. And then everybody else has a massive fall off. If you really, really keep up with those live odds as they shift, that's kind of how they do it. I mean, they'll have a massive fall off to like the sixth place guy from like six to one, seven to one, all the way to like 20 to one. And as the, the laps keep winding, that gap continues to grow. And which is how it should be, because if the laps continue to go and you got three or four guys that have separated themselves, then, yeah, the books are going to do what they can to ensure they don't get gashed and just saturate all these guys that are leading laps and running up front. In this case, Kyle Larson, for most of the race, was uh, a two to one, maybe one and a half to one. I mean, even money shit like that's where it was most of the time when he was leading laps and he was running in the top three. But at that moment, I don't know how long it lasted, maybe 10 minutes, maybe 10, 15 minutes. Cause you, you definitely had an idea that he may have had severe damage, could have broken a toe link. 
um, he had fallen back like like a rock for a couple minutes. So that was the opportunity to grab five to one. I'm sure maybe a book out there laid six to one. I think that's possible. Four to one. That was all better than what you could have gotten pre-green flag after practice qualifying. So that yep. was that opportunity. I didn't take it. Like I said, I'm stupid. But it was there. And I'm not surprised he, he won because he's had speed here. He's had speed here last few years. Dominated 2021 fall. A uh, couple more races that he's been close. Didn't know what he had in the fall last year because he'd gotten wrecked with Bubba Wallace and and earlier this spring. Just about had, just about had that race won before the the final pit stop, uh, final yellow and the final yellow flag pit stop. So, no, I am not surprised to sum all that up. Yeah, that was the longest not surprised. Well, we had to, we had to talk about though, you know. Oh no, I get it. We're going for recapping a little bit. I yeah. did want to bring that point that everything, all my points about Kyle Larson were were right. Yeah. Except I didn't put my own fucking money on it because, like I said, for the That's third okay. time, I'm stupid. No, no, you're not. That's okay. You you're actually like understanding. No, I am. I am. It's okay. That, that, that's great if you want to believe that well we've got larson knocked out we we've explained larson's race i personally you know and i and we both talked about this on saturday um i know i said it i was like kyle larson probably gonna win this race i'm not going as heavy on outrights as i normally would i only had three outrights i didn't pull the trigger on a live bet so i had blaney as my ford i had tyler reddick as my toyota I had Ross Chastain as my Chevy, and I left it there. I focused the energy a little bit more onto some prop bets. Uh, shout out to Tyler Reddick for finishing one position ahead of Martin Truex Jr. That was great. Uh, RIP Ryan Blaney over Kyle Busch. Came out of nowhere, did his thing, showed up. Uh, that one was a little bit sad, left me a little uh, weird feeling. AJ Allmendinger over Briscoe. Uh, was about as, uh, as cake as cake can get. I saw that Greg Mathern, the NASCAR Titan himself, he even got that one at uh, even money. I had it at minus 110. He got it at even money. Not sure what book he got that on, but that was another great bet. The matchups have been good. I've laid off the top 10s. I've really laid off the, the, the top fives. Uh, and and I'm I'm enjoying the way that this is moving. The matchups have been fun. I'm going to be looking to make some more for Homestead this weekend, but the uh, the big matchup, like I was talking about, that we talked about on the show, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this as well. Um, we can go ahead and go into full summary mode on Martin Truex Jr., who you were very high on going into the weekend. Um, how do you feel moving forward? Oh uh, yeah, I know that was that was tough. I mean, I think he did have a good long run race car. But like, oh my! It, it took forever for him to get going, man. And they had—I uh, I don't know why. I think it was at the end of stage one, at the end of one of those stages, or a big yellow. They—they they left him out on, on old on old tires, and he just got fucking freight trained. In no sense, like it was really I, dumb. Of like, I, I, I expected more out of james small you know they had I like great, james small i do too but they had they had great communication you know they were bickering all fucking day just like fighting like an old married couple over the radio so that's like prime you know mtj james small when you have that going on the usually good results come we saw that from dover um but you know this is not dover and i, I think that this just really for me 
it it more than solidifies my stance on Martin. And I really have nothing against Martin. It's just it the time and place does not feel right. This year, my, my big statement that I made about it was is this is the time for these young bloods to pop up and make something big happen. Now, with the exception of Kyle Larson, possibly the exception of a Denny Hamlin, um, you know, pot, you know I, I don't know if you want to call Chris Busher a young blood. I choose to because he's never even been this far. So that's a big accomplishment for him to even be here in the round of eight. And I'm sure you'll have some words on Kez and him. I know I do. Uh, but, you know, with, with Martin, man, it just feels like for me, what does it for me? And, and I think what causes these feelings that I have when I'm going to make these uh, the, these picks and just from the eye test, he it, either he is just the most uh, stoic motherfucker on the planet or he is uh, just not that thrilled to be there. And it seems like that's been his personality for a while, but obviously he was way happier, you know, when Cole Pern was in the house. So, you know, some, some swings in age, I don't know what it is. He's coming back in next year. Um, I can't knock a man for making money, do your thing. But uh, it, you just expect to see more in this situation from a guy that, that's gotten it done once with a smaller team now with one of arguably the largest teams in NASCAR, I don't even think that's arguably it is. Joe Gibbs Racing is right there, like kind of like the alternate face of of Hendrick, and you know it's just uh, it, it's tough to watch. I guess it, it's kind of tough to to sit back and watch because you do expect more out of him as a driver in this car. And I am just uh, I, I'm still full fade mode throughout the rest of the season. I don't think he makes it through the round of eight. And uh, especially with Homestead and Martinsville right around the corner. So tough, yeah. tough times. I don't know. I don't know what to think about it because it's just, it's just it's the worst time of year that you can you can get cold. It's the worst time of year to start stringing along finishes like this. Um, Vegas has been an indicator. Well, it, last year was the indicator of the champion, as you kind of said earlier, like, Kyle Larson's in a very relaxed spot now for the next two weeks, not having to worry because he's there. And this is where Joey Logano was last year, zoned in, all in on Phoenix. And what did Team Penske do? I mean, they brought a fucking rocket ship that was untouchable. I mean, literally untouchable. So I think you got to worry about Kyle Larson if you're the competition here. Like, it's just so dangerous that he went out there and won that race. With Martin Truex... These are two tracks ahead that he's had success at before. And I just got to know, I mean, it, is it just a juju problem at this point? Is it just, I mean, obviously we talked about James Small and that decision that left him out on older tires. It's like nothing is clicking. It's just like nothing is clicking at this point, even if they've got speed in the race car. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what to think about it. I don't know. Yeah, it's... I don't, I'm perplexed. You know, well, Martinsville really is going to be his last shot. I, I don't think that the intermediate vibes are there anymore in this car with Martin. Short tracks, there's still hope. I will say that much. I mean, he came out so strong this year, the beginning of the year at the Clash. You know, we, everybody and their mama was like, oh, shit, he's back. Here he is. And then, 
you know, it's just, I think it's just one of those things that you see in an older age, you know, you get a little bit more quiet, you, you, you stop kind of showing up in those big moments, less people expect it. And then you just kind of fade. And, you know, that's been, uh, it's unfortunately been, uh, you know, rough for the retirement man, you know, Kevin Harvick, he hasn't really had, uh, other than the media and the press releases and the cars and the paint schemes. I mean, it's just the racing performance hasn't been exactly what he would have hoped for. He's had some good finishes, but you know, it's just not that win, but you're starting to see these kind of shades for Martin. We'll see what happens at Martinsville because it is for Martin. If it's on a Monday, that's even bigger energy. So maybe something can shake out from there. I, I still do love Toyota at Martinsville. Um, but going into to a couple of other topics from this, Chris Bell, great second place finish, great effort from him. He actually, uh, I had him for stage one and he failed. Uh, it was terrible. Kyle Larson sweeps the stages. Don't want to dive in too deep. But Chris Bell is just really being a sneaky guy here, setting himself up for, for possibly getting back into the round of four and you know phoenix he he's had some decent finishes i was looking at kyle larson's phoenix finishes uh you know he started uh, first last year here finished fourth um so his last win came in his championship year which was 2021 and that is the only win that he has had at this track but with the two weeks they definitely have time to try to figure something out with him having a fourth place finish in march of this year ninth uh last year you know, I, I guess between somewhere between that nine and that four, they can find a way to make it a one. Uh, you know, we'll see. But I, I still have my eyes on some of these other guys, man. Chris Bell definitely kind of trending to be one of them, just kind of getting those good finishes, getting them where it counts. Ryan Blaney's another one that I feel like could be sneaky, very unlikely, but could be sneaky, especially with this penalty that he was issued that was going to basically just send him to oblivion, which is now rescinded. Uh, so not so much worry anymore. He was 34 to one, uh, for a, uh, for a championship win on FanDuel. I may have dabbled just going to put that out there, uh, because I don't think they updated their odds after the, uh, the penalty or whatnot. So we'll see what happens. I, I feel like he might have a good shot coming here to, uh, to Homestead and then at Martinsville as well. He's been decent. So it's just, this has been. Dale, what I can say, probably one of the uh, the the tougher. I've had to think a little bit harder this year, uh, and I guess maybe that's just a coming of the age of the Gen Seven. We're starting to see some trending things, and uh, but but at the same time, I I just be I be questioning, you know, who, who well, could... yeah, I mean Blaney, that that line is is right. Uh, he's thirty to one on DraftKings, twenty eight to one on BetMGM to win the championship. And I mean, he's the guy that sticks out because after the whole penalty deal, which is just so, so weird, at least, you know, if there's a, if there's a silver lining, it is that NASCAR acknowledged an issue, apparently, you know, they, they took responsibility and fixed it, but like, I'm just so confused. This is one of those, I need someone smarter than me to to help me understand how this happens because their template was messed up. If your template is is me- and I'm not saying it's bullshit. It's just weird. But if your template's messed up, the template used to inspect the cars and get, uh, I guess they laser scan them and and put them through measurements. But the template used the damper template was off. 
how did we not have other cars that indicated a red flag? Like Blaney's was the only one. And I, I, I see people on Twitter talking like, oh, well, Blaney's was the only one that was close to it. But I mean, like if they're inspecting all eight playoff drivers and then they're inspecting Kyle Busch, who finished third, I mean, this is nine nine race cars that they're putting through this process, mm-hmm. to my knowledge. So it's just kind of surprising to me that it, there was no other mess up on anybody else's post-race inspection. It's just weird. It's just weird. And it, it just continues to – it's kind of a parody over the past few years. You just have one random disqualification or lack thereof that everybody's like, what? It's like it's like every year how you get a couple really really bad calls in the NFL like really really bad uh memorable memorably bad calls in in NFL football with I don't know in your case the Rams no, Saints yeah, a couple years ago like yeah. not that bad but but that's the best thing I can compare it to of the of the human reaction of the reaction of the fans cuz I'm sure everybody saw that yesterday and went what the fuck I Everybody saw that pass interference in the in the NFC Championship a few years ago and went, what the fuck? You know, except Rams fans. So, I don't know. Kind of a weird deal. But I do think, odds-wise, Blaney is still still uh, kind of worth betting at 30-1, to 32-1. to 1. What do you can find? Because I think he can win at these next two tracks. Yeah. The 34-1 to 1 is definitely the, the longest line that I've found on FanDuel. He was like 21. I think Caesars, he was even like – uh, either 21 or, or 18 to one. I can't remember from what I saw last night, but it, it, they're, they're different everywhere. The only thing I really have to say about this whole uh, template deal is, is that since we've went to this laser, it just seems like, you know, they're having computer problems. Computers glitch. Computers do, uh, you know, dumb shit at times. They shut down. They can get hot if they don't have fans. Las Vegas, you know, there's a lot of sun, big sunlight. There was an eclipse this weekend. Could have, you know, this past weekend could have possibly, uh, you know, fucked with the the lighting of the laser. Could have maybe misscanned it. These are going to be problems, you know, when you start bringing big tech into the world of race car. And you have to be able to to have a, a human eye sometimes. To just be able to say, okay, this is what we have. These are our specifications. When we when we get too reliant on the machines, there's a movie. It's called Terminator. Uh, there were probably a lot of errors uh, that that were probably not errors at all uh, during that time. You know, in that in that film, if you want to go that direction, but I won't go any further there. Uh, it, I'm just glad to see that that he's back in action. I do love the line on him for the championship. I think he's got a great shot. I think he's got a shot this weekend, man. And we'll we'll get into that uh, with, with the betting, but uh, definitely Martinsville and Phoenix too. Uh, I can't think highly, and you, and you feel it, but I got that feeling about a couple other guys too. Uh, it, it's not just Blaney, but definitely for the long shot, the big shot guy that you can cash in big on, definitely look at a Blaney championship ticket. Um, talking about, uh, talk, I guess one more thing I wanted to cover about Las Vegas for me, and and then I'm I'm good to go and, and ready to start talking about some of these bets for Homestead. You know, with Chris Busher. Yeah, he started off really hot. Things were looking really good for RFK and just had some bad pit stops. 
and shuffled him back. I mean, you go back and look at his record, you know, he usually rounds out somewhere between 10 and 20 uh, at this track. He can have some strong runs, you know, come on hard and fast, but eventually it all evens out. And that's the way I looked at it. There was a lot of people that were talking about maybe betting on Chris Buescher to win at Vegas. And, and I was like, I would probably stay away from that. But to see Brad Keselowski do what he did in his car, I was looking at some of his pit stop times. He was like two seconds faster every time than Chris Buescher. And it made me bring up the question. I tweeted about it. I want to know what you think listening to this right now. Uh, get at me at Garage Guy Chase. I don't want to believe it. I really can't believe it. It makes no sense whatsoever. But the way that I'm looking at it right now is like, why are these stops faster for Brad and not for Chris? Why aren't we having the best pit crew guys available uh, for him in the championship and and we do for brad i I just don't understand well i think over the course of the year busher's team has been good and i haven't i feel like most of the year you didn't hear about a a bunch of really bad chris busher pit stops like the level of what toyota was given christopher bell or what toyota was given bubba wallace last year um but this is a common thing man that we've seen over the years it's happened this year with austin dillon and kyle bush and after Kyle Busch was eliminated, uh, that well, so they had originally swapped pit crews. They gave Kyle Busch's pit crew to Austin Dillon and vice versa. After Kyle Busch was eliminated from the playoffs last week, they swapped him back. Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson is a famous one. They swapped in the middle of a race, one of those years when he won a title. Like in 2008, 2009, uh, they swapped them. Now we're at a point where after that performance, maybe Brad – He's been a great boss. He's been a, a guy that's been very selfless in helping out Chris Busher. So I think that, and his organization entirely, as he should, maybe it's a time where he swaps or pit crews. Is it that simple? It, it, I don't know if we should ask, hey, you guys need to be fucking better. You guys need to figure out what happened. Instead, just fucking swap them. Brad K's pit crew was great. Chris Busher's was not. You got one guy in the championship, one guy not. Just swap the pickers. Yeah, That's it was so solution. out of place for me. Like it was just so out of character. Cause like we, we, you and I have talked about it. Like we've seen Brad be in these situations where it's like, why are you being weak, Brad? Why are you giving Chris the the green light? Why are you pushing him? Why? Are uh, you- well, it's just. And then this happens. I, I will. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> I will take it. I will take those moments as heat of the moment, angry because I lost another bet on Brad K. I, dude, I've lost. Even though, even though that's the majority of our of our analysis, though, happened. But I've won stage a lot of stage bet money because of Brad Keselowski. I, I I would need to do the math to know if I've had a profit or not. I'm sure it's close, uh, because those stage bets are. I mean, we're talking eight to one, ten to one, like multiple times this year. So that's fine. I'm cool with Brad K. We're good. He's not weak. He's a good boss. He's a good driver. I hate that he's not going to win this year, probably because I have a t- uh, an over point five wins ticket on him this year. So that's a bummer. Mm. But with this whole situation, just swap them. Chris is Chris Busher wins at random racetracks. And you got two totally different racetracks coming up in the in the final two races before you get to the championship four. Swap the pit crews, give him the best chance he's got to go out and and win one to, to solidify his spot at Phoenix. That's all we got to do here. 
Amen. Gotta give him the juice sometimes. We got to talk about that finish, though, dude. That was an awesome finish for Vegas. I mean, you've had one photo finish over the years here. And and, uh, we came to Vegas for the first time in, what, like 98, 99, one of those years. And that was, I think they said, the second closest finish ever. Christopher Bell almost, almost caught him. And that I was... I was on the edge of my seat. You know, foot, you got all the football going on and I think baseballs and, and their pennant uh, games. But, dude, that was almost an electric finish and a great run down by Christopher Bell. No, it just really shows the strength of of C. Bell at, uh, at this track as well as Kyle Larson, too. I mean, it's a, I, I think that – and I've hung on to this for so long. Well, Bell hasn't had a lot of mile and a half speed this year. Not the winning speed, Gen at least. Seven car, the Gen 7 car is such a giving vehicle to the dirt guys on tracks like this. Chris is, you know, Chris Bell coming, putting things together at the right time. I mean, just getting a second place finish is is strong when you're this close to possibly, you know, taking down a championship going up against one of the greats that have ever done it, Kyle Larson, and being able to pull that off. I mean, it was definitely impressive. Um, If we had had another lap, I think he could have gotten him. Uh, Chris Bell definitely came to life, and and that's just big credit to Adam Stevens and that crew for really improving their game over the last couple of weeks Um, and also having, you know, that, that pit spot that he did. Um, there were a couple of, I think there was like one pit stop that was like questionable, uh, how Kyle got in front of Chris, but I'm not going to get too heavy into it. All I will say is that it is nice to be able to see finishes like we saw in Kansas earlier this year and now getting to see it at Vegas as things improve, as teams improve, it's just going to make it better and better. Like we're really reaching for something big here. And, and I think that that finish really just shows the potential of what's to come on intermediate tracks with some of these really big name teams and good drivers like this, especially. Yeah. Well, you know what else people are kind of overlooking? Like Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson have been known as in the late teens, you know, late 20 teens, whatever, the two like upcoming prodigies of the racing world, of the stock car racing world, both with a dirt background. Like, honestly, in their dirt world, they've had a pretty strong rivalry when it comes to their accolades and their head to head game in the dirt world. We really hadn't had that moment. In either of their careers, which they've now combined, I mean, Kyle Larson has been in cup for a decade, Christopher Bell now for five years, I think. So they, we haven't had that moment yet where they had like that big head to head moment in a race. At least I don't think we have, I mean, I can't think of what, you know, this is a, they, they did have last year, they had some beef over something and I can't remember what it was, but it wasn't like for a race win. And this, after several years of them on track together, they finally had one of those big moments. They finally had one of those one-two moments where they battled most of the race and then battled for the win and an almost super climactic finish. But I just wanted to point that out. That's, I feel like that's kind of been lost in everything, you know, with the championship, the playoffs, Kyle Larson. So uh, kind of cool to see that 
maybe hopefully this won't be the end of them battling in the late stages of a race and maybe we see that rivalry kind of re i guess re-blossom i don't know if that's a word or not who fucking cares but yeah I, I think it's fun we need we need more rivalries and, and that it could happen there's going to be more and more i think denny's really woken some things up on that aspect and, and you're just going to have more people kind of understanding where nascar is right now and, and it really is at the end of the day it's just up to the people that are uh you know talking about the sport and it's up to the drivers that are inside the sport to really shift the culture and that into w what direction it's going to take so i feel really good about that on that standpoint i did uh want to bring up i had someone send me a link to something that kyle larson said about christopher bell after the race i'm gonna be discussing a clean racer yeah, well, no, not not necessarily that. It, it's I have a different angle, so I'll, uh, I'll be talking about it on the Garage Guys report, and I'll just kind of mention it here. But I'm trying to find the link now where it was it was talking about how him not like like the the effect that him not being able to race dirt is possibly having on him this season because we know that you know uh, Kyle gets to do whatever the hell he wants with Rick, Rick Hendricks already pretty much told him, you know, Hey, you're free roam, do your thing. But with Joe Gibbs, not allowing Chris bell to do this. And, and I've talked about this all year and you remember, you've heard me say it plenty of times, you know, we need Chris bell's game plan for dirt, just like Joe Gibbs has his game plan for life. And, and it's, and I can see, how this maybe could have affected him he's had good finishes he's had some decent times he hasn't been as good on the intermediates but you gotta wonder right like i i say it every week the dirt guys on the intermediate tracks in this car let's go like that's that is the 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 formula with him having that other aspect removed i do think that it's something that can can definitely cause like a mental hurdle that you have to find a way to get over so I, uh, I'm looking at it now, basically the rundown, uh, that I had was saying that, uh, calls out JGR for not letting him race dirt. So, uh, I'll dig more into it on the report. I just thought that was interesting. I hadn't even watched the video yet, but that's what I was told by the, uh, the guy that sent it to me. So shout out to him. You know who you are if you're listening to this and, uh, yeah, I can't wait to, to dig around in that because I, I just, I feel like if that's your passion, that's your heart, that's where your love is. You, you shouldn't have that robbed. I get the safety concerns. I understand all that stuff, but at the end of the day, that's just not, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I would do that to somebody that uh, was driving for me. I, I would have to let them just be free flowing. Yeah. I don't know if I even have, I, I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do unless I was in the, in those shoes. So I, I digress on that subject, but it's two opposite years for Christopher Bell because last year he had a whatever year, very whatever year, and then got into the playoffs and advanced only by winning races. He just kept winning. He just kept winning in clutch moments. Now we're at a spot where he's been better. He's had better runs at the intermediates this year. Overall, just been better, a better race car driver. The qualifying program has been amazing second half of the season. And now he's in a spot where he can point his way in every single round. So kind of interesting how that works. Regardless, I think Christopher Bell gets better and better every single race, every single year, regardless if he's racing on dirt or not, right. in my opinion. Even though, I, yeah, he's a prodigy on dirt. Maybe, you know, maybe there could be some 
reevaluating there, but we shall see. No, I agree, man. And, and Hey, it might, it might turn out this weekend in Homestead. I think it's a good time to go ahead and dive into that. Um, you know, he, this is a track that dirt guys do well at once again. Uh, you know, we've seen Tyler Reddick be able to rip top here. We've seen, uh, in the Xfinity series back in the nine days, Noah Gragson, he was a big rip top guy. He didn't even, I don't even know how much dirt experience he had. He was just able to really rip top. Kyle Larson stole the show last year in the Vaveline number five. He was ripping top. I mean, it's, it's the rip top weekend. That's really what we have to look forward to. And that's what I'm excited about. So it's another opportunity possibly because we all know, and, and at least I feel that Toyota is going to show up and be strong at this track with Chris Bell having, uh, you know, the experience he does have with him being able to possibly ride that wall and let that, uh, you know, the, the, the physics and the shit that you learned about in the science books that creates, you know, spirals of, of invisible air on the wall that propels you somehow, that is real. And the dirt guys seem to know how to do it a little bit more than the, uh, the non-dirt guys. So that's going to be something interesting to watch that, uh, that I will be keeping uh, tabs on. But I'm taking a look now. One bet I've already placed. I did this early on. I'm going to go ahead and just spit mine out, and I'll let you roll. Denny Hamlin, 8-1, to one, Caesar Sportsbook. I locked it in early this morning. Uh, I thought about it yesterday. And the reason being, I had these, had these weird flashbacks to, like, the 2020 race where it was the first time Homestead wasn't in the championship, and Denny Hamlin and Ryan Blaney came out of nowhere and they were the two to beat in that race. Denny Hamlin ended up winning it. Uh, it feels like if Denny is going to get a win to point himself into the championship four, which I'm very confident that he will, this is going to be the weekend to do it. Kyle Larson doesn't have to sweat as hard. Doesn't mean he won't be out there racing like he normally does, but I don't think that they would go as hard if put into a situation like that. Denny, however, on the other hand, has shown that he's good at qualifying at this track. He carries the speed there, so that might be something to watch for fastest qualifier bets. But overall, just internally, not hesitating one bit, I went ahead and threw the money down on him at 8-1. to one. I think his odds are now, I think you can get him at 7-1 to one on a couple of different books. I'm looking at 7-1 to one on BetMGM right now. Uh, DraftKings, he's 7-1. to one. And then on uh, Bet Rivers, it looks like he is still at eight to one. So that's going to be a good spot for you to grab him if you do want to go with Denny Hamlin this week. I'm feeling it. Where are you sitting? Yeah, I like Denny too. The seven to one definitely sticks out to me because he was really good. What's that? Oh yeah, on Bet Rivers, eight eight to one. Now Denny was really good in this race last year. Problem was he got up in the wall a couple times once he started chasing down the leaders. Uh, didn't I don't know if he had pit road problems or not. He may have. Still have to go back and watch that race to learn about how that went, especially because I was in the stance, so I had no broadcast information during that race, and I only watched highlights after. So this is like a newer angle for me because I don't have that picture memory of watching the broadcast, which I think is really important um, versus just being in the stands with and homestead i don't even think they had like a big screen 
which is kind of crazy. I love that track, but I think even on the front stretch, like the screen they had was really small, really far away. They may have not even had one at all. Now I could be wrong there. You guys can tweet at me and let me know if I am wrong, but we'll find out regardless this weekend. But yeah, Denny Hamlin, eight to one. They've had really good speed on the intermediates. They were a little off this past weekend at Las Vegas, which I expected them to be definitely expected them to be better. But I think this is a track Denny Hamlin in this car in the spot that he's in in a big points crunch. This is a track he can go out, lead a lot of laps, win this race. I said a couple weeks ago, we we mentioned something about Homestead. I said this is going to be the Denny Hamlin versus Kyle Larson. Who always wins those? Denny. Not always, but most of the time when it's Denny versus Larson, he just seems like he always gets the best of them. So I like Denny at eight to one. I think that's a great price for a guy that's really, really confident, had a great year, and is poised to win a championship or at least get to that championship race in the final four once again. And I got one bet I got to say here. This is retirement fund, lock of the universe. I lost my lock of the universe bet last week. Austin Hill, top five. Finish sixth. That sucked. Whatever. Thank you, Riley Herbs, for the top three and the top five for saving my ass in the Xfinity race. And congrats on the win. Smoke the field. Best car built in 2023 in any NASCAR National Series race, period. That 98 car was fucking unbelievable. And shout out to Riley for driving it really well, too. But talking about qualifying for the forever 400, you got to take Martin Truex over Kevin Harvick. Minus 190. It opened at minus 170. I got the minus 190. Hammered it. Hammered it. So I think this will close at minus 200 at some point before you get to Saturday morning. It's going to keep moving. Guys, I don't, unless Martin Truex wrecks in practice or fucks up his lap by wrecking, I just don't see how he loses this bet. I just don't see it. When you look at these two guys, Looking at Vegas, Texas, Kansas, Michigan, and Pocono. One guy, and these are all the last mile and a half intermediate style races we've had over the last half of the season. It's like six in a row. Martin Truex has outqualified Kevin Harvick in every single one at Pocono, Michigan, Kansas, Texas, Vegas, all of them. And only once has it even been kind of close. Pocono Harvard qualified in the top five. Truex qualified second. Guys, this is the lock of the universe right here. Martin Truex in qualifying head to head over Kevin Harvick, minus 190. I, I this is I, you rarely find me wanting to pay the juice. Yeah, I'll do it here for sure. We'll do it here. And if you if you're not super confident in in that just because of the line, let's parlay it. Let's fucking parlay it. With Ty Gibbs to beat Joey Logano head to head in qualifying, uh, Toyota twenty three eleven have been great in qualifying on the intermediates. Joey Logano's had his moments, qualified okay last week. Oh, not him and Gibbs were not too far off, but I trust Toyota more. Ty Gibbs in qualifying head to head over Joey Logano. That's at minus one fifteen. You parlay that with the True X bet. You're looking at a plus one eighty five two leg parlay. I'm calling it a lock right here, right now. Book it. It's it's going to be my biggest two bets of the weekend, I think. So lock them in. That's that's a heavy one. I'll say that. Remember, it's not the race. 
It's not no. the race. It's no. not Truex, you know, because you bet on Truex in the race. You know, you're just due, destined for some shit to happen. It's qualifying. Yeah. It's qualifying. Yeah, it's just speed. Based off speed and stats, yeah, it makes sense. It's a lot of – it is definitely a lot of juice. Like, it's it's juice. But that's, uh, you know, that that's a bet. I will say this. I'm going to go ahead and I'm, I'm back on my top 10 energy. I'm feeling good about the top 10s. Uh, I'm looking forward to a top 10 bet right now. Uh, I, I don't know if this line uh, can get much better. There's a possibility. Maybe if somehow this guy starts at the ass end of the field, that's really the only way I see how this could be a problem. And it's on DraftKings right now. Austin Dillon, 7-1 for a top 10. The RCR cars. Look at what Kyle Busch did this past weekend. I know Austin Dillon is not Kyle Busch. I get that. But equipment-wise, you know, both of these guys, they're just here to party. There's nothing at stake anymore. They're just trying to rip and roll. Austin Dillon has been able to show up in some of these races. And when you look at what happened over the last two years, I mean, 2021 doesn't even matter. October 23rd, 2022, Austin Dillon, where does he finish? He finishes fourth at Homestead. Uh, so the possibilities they're out there. This line on DK is the longest one that I have seen. Uh, and unless bet MGM has something hidden, but I like that it's been Austin Dillon and Ricky Stenhouse jr. For me pretty much all year. Like that's been like my two consistent top 10 bets. So I'm going to go ahead. Ricky finished 15th here last, last year. I'm going to go ahead and probably just throw him in there too. I'm leaning that way right now. Um, there, there are some really cool lines that I'm looking at on DraftKings right now. Just, just kind of some sexy lines. I'm, I'm not going to lie. They got like a Suarez three to one. I don't really mind that, you know, uh, they, they got a, a Bowman at two to one. You know, so some of these are looking good. Kevin Harvick. He's been a consistent top 10 guy, you know, maybe Martin can finish in the top 10 too. And then Kevin Harvick can finish in the top 10 even money. Probably won't happen. We've seen how this story goes. But I really do like the Austin Dillon line. So uh, I think that's all I've got for now. I've got Hamlin. Uh, I like Hamlin. And I like Austin Dillon top 10. And I will definitely have more bets uh, on action. You got anything else? Yeah, I love the Austin Dillon bet. I was actually going to talk about that myself. And I'm glad you did because I was digging around and, and – where Austin Dillon is sneaky good at are some of these wide, large racetracks like here in Fontana. We've seen him have some good runs at Fontana and have some – he has a really strong resume at Homestead, which is what I, what I, what I wanted to go over here. Um, since 2015 to 2022, other than his rookie race in 2024, he's finished 14th or better in every single race at Homestead. Mm-hmm. 14th, 12th, 11th, 11th, 8th, 7th, 12th, fourth this has got to be one of his favorite racetracks statistically it's got to be one of his best racetracks when you average up his his finish his average finish is 11.6 i mean that's a really stellar average finish for a course of almost a decade so yeah i like austin dylan topton that's a that's a good price the books are definitely looking at 
how he's been over the course of the year, not taking a lot of consideration into the track itself and the track history. They're looking at how bad of a year it's been for 83. And that gives us an opportunity there. Seven to one. I think that's a really good price. Curious what FanDuel does. It seems like if there is a book that gives you something better, it is FanDuel Sportsbook. So yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out because I'm I'm right there with you. And you know, I don't know why, Chase. I don't know what it is. I've got a feeling about Chris Busher. Mm. I just got a feel. This is pure, pure juju. Like, I'm trying to think if I had a dream last night. Okay, I'm here Bush. for this shit. Talk to me. Well, I, I just, I just feel like I remember I was driving down the road earlier, and I, you know how your dreams will randomly just pop back up, like a glimpse of them, and you're like, "Did that happen?" Yes. It's almost like a half deja vu moment. Like, did this dream happen, or is this just a thought that marinated in my brain like four years ago, and now it just popped back in? Like, or, or it's a thought of me thinking about the thought all the that time. Just, came back yeah you know it's like a it's weird anyway i had that feeling just hit my soul today about chris busher this weekend and i don't know why i have no i'm not even gonna pull up any stats i'm not gonna say anything he's in the playoffs he wins at random racetracks guys that's what chris busher does he won michigan i'm not michigan is not very similar in track style it is similar in size but it's not a good data point i think to, to help chris busher I feel like I'm telling you to not bet them. I'm just telling you right now, I'm betting them because of some kind of juju play. And some kind of, sometimes that's what you got to roll with. Sometimes you got to roll with that kind of mindset. And uh, that's not typically my thing, but I've got a feeling, man. I've got a feeling. Chris Busher, 20 to 1. I'm locked in. Hey, look, I'm going to be real with you right now. Just the way that you've explained this to me right now. I don't look when you tell me something about statistics, I'm just kind of like, oh, cool. When you tell me shit like this, I'm interested. I'm like, okay, there, there's something talking. Uh, I, I'm probably going to ride with you on that because I'm looking at his odds right now. I think the best line I found at 20 to one on bet rivers, DraftKings. Bet MGM, you can get him at what? What is so he? you're saying that the only way for me to convince you is talk like I'm stupid? No, uh, the only way for you to convince me is to uh, is to show me you have a soul. You you were talking, you were talking, okay, your soul, okay. soul talking, yeah, you were soul talking, yeah. Uh, so that's that's really where it all comes from, right there. Because I've had a lot of those moments. I've had some success. I remember Richmond. Um, you know, I, I didn't partake in the, in the Busher celebration, but I was happy as fuck for you and everybody in the discord and didn't get him on any of his other wins that he had. So I only have, you know, three more races to possibly celebrate a, uh, a, a surprise Busher win. Um, I might as well go ahead and throw a little bit of money down. That's all I'm saying. And, and you're, you're having these dreamlike states with, with prosper, Texas, Chris Busher, uh, in Miami. I mean that's a that's a sweaty combo right there, dude. So I mean, hey, I, I'm down to sweat a Chris Busher win in Miami. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. I also, before we sign off here, I just gotta mention the fastest qualifier odds for Homestead. Uh, kind of crazy. I don't know if I've ever seen this, but Kyle Larson is minus one twenty for the bolt on Caesars. That to me is whoa. I mean, what? Too much. That just does not feel. That doesn't feel what he got the pole 
No, he didn't even get the poll last week. Christopher Bell got it. Thank you, Christopher Bell. I forgot to mention that. I mentioned on on Saturday, but he won. He won my weekend for me because I had him in the matchup and I had him for the poll. But Kyle Larson has not been the most stellar qualifier in the and even not just this year, but over the past couple of years. Like that is crazy. I can't bet that, but I'm gonna view it as an opportunity. I'm going to view it as an opportunity for William Byron to win the poll seven to one. He won the poll in this race last year. He is a defending pole sitter at Homestead. Uh, he's been a very stellar qualifier at kind of all tracks this year. Intermediates, he's had his moments. But, I mean, he's got, I think he's four poles this year, four or five. He's been a great qualifier overall. And seven to, hanging seven to one out there, I think, is absurd i think it's absurd and i think you've got some opportunity here for qualifying tyler reddick we're all obsessed with reddick here you talk about the dirt thing he does have a dirt background by the way just to answer that you kind of mentioned it earlier but five to one tyler reddick i mean that's not bad either christopher bell is three to one on caesars i'd like to see what bovada might have and what Bet Rivers might have in qualifying before I, I lay something on that. Because remember, intermediates, Christopher Bell, there's no one that has been better than C Bell at qualifying. But I think this with Larson being minus 120, Denny Hamlin plus 250, you've got some. I think you've, it's an opportunity. There's so, I think it's an opportunity. The odds sure. are so juiced on this. Like, and I, you also got to think too. Yes, they absolutely are. You also got to think, too, we only come to Homestead once a year. We only come to Homestead once a year. So what what, what do you think the books are using as their, their primary validation for putting Kyle Larson at this? It's got to be just previous weeks. It's got to be this Kyle Larson hysteria of him dominating last week and winning. They've got an all algorithm for it. They have to have an algorithm for this thing somehow, like taking what we have, uh, you know, from the maybe the uh, a sample of races and intermediate tracks plus looking at previous data. That's the only way. But even still, I am for certain going to wait and see what Bet Rivers throws out at us because. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a different type of week. I would I would have easily come right off the bat and been looking at Denny Hamlin or Chris Bell. Chris Bell with six poles this season. I mean, he has been the pole boy. He he's working the pole harder than anybody else in NASCAR this year. You know, William Byron's trying, but you know, Chris Bell he he's making it happen. I just I, I three to one is gross. Two and a half to one is gross. Minus one twenty. That's not even a real bet. That's not real. Kyle Larson has football never won game. a bowl at Homestead. And, he, and I, I don't think he's going to win it this weekend. That's a free to one. Dude. Yeah, yeah, that's a head-to-head <laughs> matchup, dude. That's 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 Netflix betting right there. Yeah. What I will say, Christopher Bell at 3-1 to one or 4-1 to one is acceptable because of the spree that he's on at this type of racetrack. The yeah. opportunity to triple your money on a guy that's been rock solid on intermediates and qualifying, that's okay. I can live with that. But I, I'm I'm even curious, like what Larson in qualifying has done on intermediates in 2023. I'm just gonna look real quick. He got a pole at the Bristol Dirt, which is a fucked up qualifying format. He has not gotten a pole on a single. That's his only pole. This oh, just kidding. He got a pole at Phoenix. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, yes, I was making sure it wasn't rained out or canceled. Yeah, he's got one pole at Phoenix, one pole at Bristol Dirt, and 
He qualified second at Kansas, second at Vegas. And then besides that, pretty scattered. So that's crazy. William Byron is going to win the poll. Book it right now. All right. You heard that from him himself. I'll have some more. Uh, I'll do some more digging on fastest qualifier once we get Bear Rivers, like I said. But hopefully you've uh, you've taken something away from the ass end of this episode uh, and you're excited ready to move into the forever 400 at Homestead. Again, Dale and I both will be in town this weekend. Come to Hooters, okay? We will have the exact location, all the details. Follow us on X, Instagram, all of our social media accounts. That's where you can get that. Uh, you know, Stay posted uh, by, by checking out playback.tv slash garage guys. Uh, you know, we, we've been doing premieres of the report on there. Check out the new YouTube. We have a couple of different NHRA interviews that are going to be coming up over the next couple of weeks that we did when we were out for the Midwest Nationals at Gateway. Just a lot going on in the world of Garage Guys. And, of course, the heart of Garage Guys, the center of Garage Guys, the Garage Guys Discord, which is free. That's where you can get up to the minute everything. It's basically our own social media app, but we don't own Discord. So... I would advise you to hop in there if you really want to stay up to date on what's going on. But I'm very excited about this weekend. Excited to be back uh, one last time with Hooters and Chase Elliott uh, with the Night Owl 2.0, one of the sexiest race cars of all time. And uh, and yeah, I'm I'm packing my swim. I'm probably gonna wear swim trunks all week long. Uh, I think that's acceptable for the for for the area that we're visiting. It's gonna be hot. It's gonna be hot down there, right in the Everglades. I'm excited. For Hooters, you you know we love Hooters, uh, and I love that race car, and I love Chase Elliott. But Dale Jr. races on Saturday. Of course. Don't forget it. Dale Jr., he's going to win. Dale Jr. is going to win. I know it. I feel it. It's there. It's happening. Can't wait. I hope you guys all enjoy seeing Dale Jr. hit the track one more time in 2023. Just had to mention it, just in case you forgot. 88 car is back. One more time this year. Can't wait to see him rip the top. It's going to be a fun weekend. Best bro. I got him on the cover of the report this week. It's just, just us chilling with that 88 in that Bass Pro. There was one Bass Pro Xfinity car that did real good at Homestead. So now there's another one. So look out. Uh, I believe with you. I'll be riding on that one. But, uh, but yeah. All right. I'm going to, uh, to, to start preparation. Get ready for the weekend. Get ready for Miami. Uh, Amoeba Hobby Amy. I don't know if that's the words, but that's what I said. Goodbye.